Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of the Grant Williams podcast featuring my very special guest, Julian Brigden of MI2 Partners. This was a deeply fascinating conversation about the non-transitory nature of inflation and the mounting problems facing central banks desperate to win a battle, which I've got to say looks more unwinnable by the day. As Julian points out, not only are the chances of a policy mistake high, but the ramifications are potentially disastrous. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including the end game, the super terrific happy hour, and the narrative game is available to copper, silver, and gold subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Julian, mate, so good to finally get a chance to sit and chat with you. It's, uh, I've got no idea what we're going to talk about. There's really so little going on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been all right? I've been very good. Yes, I've been very, very good. It's, um, it's really exciting times. I mean, I... It, you know, I, I'm one of those old gits and I started off sort of cutting my teeth in the sort of ERM crisis. And I think, you know, taking on central banks, and I think that has truly warped my yeah, right. sense of being, right? So I I generally don't like, I like fading these guys. I like being a contrarian. And you know, it doesn't mean that you don't you don't get invested and you don't sit here. But I just sort of sit and look at this stuff, and, and my inclination is not to believe these guys. Right? Yeah. My, my total, you know, visceral gut is is to just go against them. And this is one of those times where I just feel it's just like my time. Well, you know, it's my so, it's so funny you say that because I, I was kind of running through in my head a bunch of things to talk about, and then you put a tweet out this morning. And I thought, ah, that's the perfect place to start. And, and it was central bank related. You know, we, we saw today the um, the checks raise rates and the Bank of England leave them unchanged, despite every newspaper in the UK preparing everybody for a, yeah. a rate hike. Yeah. And, you, and you, you put a tweet out and you talked about whether the, the big central banks are now so far offside that they're completely trapped. And, and I've, I've had a lot of discussions with people about the big central banks being trapped. And I think that word trapped means different things to different people or mm-hmm. they're trapped in multiple different ways. And, right. And, and I kind of like to use snookered, but I didn't in the right. tweet because I think, <laughs> right. I think you know, not everyone understands that analogy, but it means no matter how, you know, you've got two balls and there's a ball in the middle and, it, you know, if you understand snooker, like, like pool, you know, but you just can't, no matter what you do, you just can't make that shot. Yeah. Well, without, without going a really weird way and finger yeah. crossing your fingers right so it is it actually it is a really good analogy so so let's talk about that let's talk about what happened today and then let's talk about 
why you think that sends just another signal that these guys are snookered. And we're going to keep using the word snooker and to hell with it. Everyone can Google it if they're not sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so look, we've been in the inflation camp for a while. I mean, do you remember when we did that conversation in, at Harvard and we talked about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, quite a few years ago. And, and, and I've been sort of playing in my mind that, you know, from a very, very big picture perspective that we – the analogous period is really the where we are now is the late 60s. You know, we're not yet in the 70s. Whenever sort of people talk about the 70s to me, I think we need it. Not Could yet. we get there? Yes. We need a number of things to fit into into place. Right? But we're in a in a period of the late 60s where, you know, societally we've just shifted too far one way. We're coming back the other way. You know, people who don't remember period of the late 60s, period of huge social turmoil. I mean, major assassinations, right? Yeah, Not just Kennedy, right. but, but you know, many public figures. Um, and, but it was brought about by this sort of clash of, of generations and wealth discrepancies and uh objective massive objective differences between groups and we've been coming to that point and trump was a manifestation of that brexit was a manifestation of that but when trump started to come in and use a pro-cyclical fiscal stimulus at a time where it was truly unnecessary from an economic perspective i think to me that was the the eureka moment because you know all right he directed it all to the wrong people, um, you know, and really to his buddies rather than to the man on the street. But it was a, a manifestation of the need for government to get involved. And we'd gone through, and, and that was, you know, 08 really was the beginning, but that was really the nail in the coffin of what I would call sort of laissez-faire free economics, which you and I are products of through the sort of Thatcher-Reagan kind of era, right? And... So once government starts to get going and get involved, um, the risk is you get misallocation of resources. You start that inflationary process. You've had a long extended period of of deflation. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, I was reading this fantastic paper by the Bank of England. Uh, it was written on the Bank of England's website from 2017 the other day, talking about, you know, real rates from 1311. You're right. I love that. Right? <laughs> you can just imagine that some bloke at the Bank of England is going down in the vaults and blowing off the dust off this chart and going, I've got the one from 1350 to 1420 here, right? <laughs> Let's join them up. Um, but anyway, I mean, it was just, uh, it, it, it was very interesting. And they talked about these bouts of real rate depressions and how they end and how consistently they end and so on and so forth. But this, and the 60s was, was one of those. And it ended quite violently because government started to spend, they spent at the wrong time. The central bank was forced to adopt a certain policy to accommodate government because ultimately they decided it wasn't their job to fight right, government. Right. Right? I mean, there was a, in the late 60s, well, in the sort of uh, second half of the 60s, there, were, there was a point where the Fed should have told government when they were intent in spending their money on guns and butter in an economy that was massively overheating, where they were seeing gold reserves leave every two weeks because um, the US was running a massive kind of account deficit because it was overheating, where they should have come in and they should have said, screw you, rates are going up, we're protecting the dollar in Bretton Woods, and we don't care. What they did 
was they got politicized and they said you know they reiterated you know the fed statement uh, founding statement which was the fed is independent um within government but is not independent of, of government yeah. and so they accommodated the government spending in fact they did qe between like 66 and 69 and the net result was um that inflation accelerated and it became this one of my quants talked about this this if you look in physics you know most things in economics are true as well right i mean markets too they're kind of a sine wave they're self-limiting at the top and yeah. the bottom because things kind of overheat things get too expensive people back off you know demand drops a bit you know so on and so forth but if you hit that thing at the wrong time then that wave actually starts to oscillate in a increasingly volatile um, accelerative oscillation and this is what one of my quants who's a mining explosive expert i had to hire the guy i mean who wouldn't <laughs> hire a guy who's a <laughs> mining explosive expert um anyway and 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 this is what happened in the late 60s and i think this is what we're doing now right because the system before has been very balanced. You know, you raise a little bit, you bloat a bit, you know, tighten a little bit, you eased a bit, right? And then the oscillations are very controlled. We've had this period of intense tranquility in markets. And then kind of 08 happened, and then clearly the pandemics happened. And it's forcing these response functions from government, which in it of themselves are just pushing the cycle further right, right. and further and further out of whack. And the problem that governments have got now, and I include fiscal and monetary authorities within that, is the choices that they're facing are not easy, right? They are essentially snookered when it comes to nice options. So I wrote an op-ed the other day and I said, well, Let's take, for instance, let's say the Fed has completely got it wrong. Not, I mean, they made some assumptions. We all make assumptions. We make trades in markets. You get it wrong, right? What are their choices? Well, they can jack up rates, right? Well, there's a problem there. The US deficit is appalling. Uh, you look at the growth of the deficit, you know, during COVID, look at where we're starting, look at much worse than the starting point was in the 60s. That sensitivity around the budget is really going to start to bite, uh, you know, at some point. So they're going to run and they're going to run straight into, you know, um, Yellen and Biden, you know, and they're in those guys' pockets. Yeah. You know, are they really prepared? Right. Really prepared. I mean, didn't Powell just you know, a few months ago, tell government, spend money, right? I'm, you know, he exactly- He begged him to, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's complicit now. So it's very difficult for him to do that. Not only though, would it piss off government, but given the leverage in the system, we know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Raul and I have talked about this on Macro Insiders. We just laugh, right? You just wait for the next sell-off, right? And because, you know, we've got, in the US, we've got these duration stocks that utterly dominate the major indexes, right? So you just raise bond yields and these things all pop. Um, and, you know. 
full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.